need you to do me a favor. I need you to close your eyes for just a second. I need you to use your imagination for just a second for me. And I need you to think about this phrase. Okay? Honor your father and mother. Okay? So think about that. Think about that phrase in the back of your mind. Eyes closed. Not worried about anybody else. Honor your father and mother. Now I want you to picture in your mind your father, okay? Or whoever the leading male influence in your life is. Maybe you don't live with your dad. You live with your uncle or your grandfather or whoever. Maybe there's not a male authority figure in your house. Think about the closest thing that you have. Or maybe even you want to picture the ideal father, the one that would most easily be honored by you. Think about the characteristics of your, your dad or your father or uncle or grandfather. Or you can think about the characteristics of the, the perfect father, whatever you want to do. I want you to do the same thing for your mother. Think about her. Maybe the good qualities, the things that you admire most. Maybe there's some some imperfections there that come to mind as well. Your aunt or grandmother or whoever it is. All right, you can, you can look back up here. I think we, it's a silly little 10-second exercise, but we, we have in every area of our lives these, these things inside of our head and inside of our um, emotions, our hearts, whatever, that, that tell us what we ought to think about certain things, right? We do this with everything that we encounter. Like we, we come into this room on a Wednesday night and we have expectations, whether we've been in this room before or, or this is our first time coming in, whether you've been coming in this room since we opened this room in 2014 um, or whether you've walked into church for the very first time, there, there are things that you expect, right? Things that you hope for or things that you want to avoid. It's the same thing in friendships or dating relationships or whatever. And a lot of that is influenced by culture and society. We, we have these norms or these expectations that we, that we desire to see or desire to, to receive. And we do the same thing with, uh, with our parents, right? We, we have these things. This is what a mom should be like. This is what a dad should be like. Um, I, I like TV. Anybody else watch TV ever? Okay. So I, I did this. I, I saw, found this BuzzFeed article. You guys familiar with BuzzFeed? No? Okay, cool. Whatever. Um, Candace, my wife, looks at a lot of BuzzFeed articles. Like, we'll be, like, hanging out at the house or whatever, and she'll be like, hey, did you see that BuzzFeed article on such and such? I'm like, no. Um, she's like, I, I did. I'm like, yes, because you've seen every BuzzFeed article ever. Um, but there was this BuzzFeed article on the top 50 TV dads of all time, okay? I'm not going to read you all 50. But uh, a lot of these are old shows that only me and the, uh, the parents in the back of the room are going to remember. But... Top 20 TV dads, okay? Number 20, Mike Brady. You remember Mike Brady? Brady Bunch, anybody ever watch that? Okay. All right, number 19, who I think is vastly underrated on this list, Carl Winslow. 
my man from Family Matters. You ever see Family Matters? The one with, with Urkel? A lot of people think the show's called Urkel, but it's called Family Matters. All right. Uh, George Jefferson, moving on up. The Jeffersons, okay? All right. Uh, Jack Arnold from The Wonder Years. You're probably not familiar with that, are you? Jason Seaver from The Growing Pains. Best TV show theme song uh, for my money. Um, I won't sing it right now. Show me that smile again. All right. Anyway. Uh, Dan Connor from Roseanne, nah, not so much, but um, he's on here. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, well, he was a dad, but he was a dad later in the show. Jesse Kasopoulos, Uncle Jesse. See, he's known as Uncle Jesse, but he's also a father, right? He has, he has kids of his own, but we call him Uncle Jesse still. Uh, Eric Camden from Seventh Heaven. Um, okay, all right. Uh, Stephen Keaton from Family Ties. You probably don't remember that because it started in 1982. And none of you were alive. All right, uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor from Home Improvement. Um, okay, coming in at number 12. Ward Cleaver from Leave It to Beaver, um, which debuted in 1957. Um, Al Bundy, which I find strange um, that he is number 10 on the list of best TV dads. All right, uh, maybe this is just most memorable. Danny Tanner, um, all right, the main, the main dad from uh, Full House. All right, uh, my man, Uncle Phil. Philip Banks from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, uh, coming in at number eight, also underrated. Archie Bunker from All in the Family at number seven. Howard Cunningham, who looks a little bit like Ed Davidson in this picture, um, Jay's grandfather, um, who was the father on Happy Days. All right. Sheriff Andy Taylor coming in at number five from The Andy Griffith Show. Um, eh, it's debatable. Um, ben Cartwright from Bonanza. Yeah. Um, then uh, we got uh, Charles Ingalls from Little House on the Prairie. Um, was that Michael Landon? Is that that his name? Uh, John Walton from the Waltons. And then number one. Anybody know? Yeah. I'm not a TV dad. Um, anybody know? Heathcliff Huxtable um, from The Cosby Show. Now, there's some obvious problems with this list. One, uh, Dr. Huxtable, uh, or actually... Bill, Bill, Bill Cosby uh, has uh, been in a lot of trouble since then. Eric Camden, the guy who played him from Seventh Heaven, also in a lot of trouble. Uh, there's a lot of stuff about uh, Mr. Brady. and uh, So the, the real-life actors, right, didn't always live up to the idealistic uh, uh, character they were portraying. But this is a list of the top 20 dads, okay, of TV shows. And I know a lot of them are on older shows that you haven't, uh, most of you have not watched or even heard of, right? But these... These TV dads, right, possess certain qualities that we hope for or long for in, in dad and father figures, right? And if we found a list of the top 20 TV moms, it would be the same thing, right? With these certain attributes and certain qualities that we would aspire to, right? Like we, we kind of may sit back and like, oh, I wish my dad could be more uh, like, the, uh, like Uncle Jesse, right? It would be awesome if my dad was Uncle Jesse. It would be awesome if my dad was... Uh, Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince, or it'd be awesome if my mom could be, uh, I don't know, whatever your favorite TV mom is, okay? And, and the, the reality is that not all of our parents, right, are, uh, probably none of our parents are TV show characters, right? They're real-life human beings, right, with flaws, uh, with real-life stresses and press, pressure, right? And, and you're not Will Smith, and you're not Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and you're not the perfect little kid either, Right? So there's a lot of factors going on. Tonight, I want us to talk for, our, for our, kind of our first week specifically about horizontal relationships. We talked about it in a broad thing, in a broad picture last week, this idea of relationships with one another, okay? But this week, I want us to look specifically at our relationships with our parents, okay? 
at how we interact with our parents because it's interesting, we interact with our parents on what I would call a horizontal level, human to human, right? But our relationship with our parents represents or was designed to represent our relationship with God, a vertical relationship. God has placed your parents or whoever it is that is in authority over you in that position of authority, right, to model Christ to you and for you to model Christ back to them, okay? And so I want us to look at a passage of scripture from Exodus chapter 20. It's the first time we find this command to love um, or to honor your parents. And it's in Exodus 20, which is where we find the Ten Commandments. It's the first time that we, we have this particular command given, and it's given several more times. We find it again in Deuteronomy. When the law is given again, we find it again in Matthew, when Jesus talks about it and sporadically interspersed throughout Scripture. But in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, it's just one, one verse tonight. Moses brings down the, the commandments, and it says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving to you. Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord God is giving you. All right, every week you get a key truth from the passage, and it's very simple this week. I hate that Lance isn't here because it's an easy one this week, and I won't have to repeat it more than twice. We honor God when we honor those he's placed in authority over us. We honor God when we honor those who God has placed in authority over us. You simplify and just say, we honor God when we honor authority. We honor God when we honor the authority that he's placed over us. God has placed parents, the structure of parents and children, he's created it, as I said a second ago, so that parents honor God in the way that they love and raise and nurture their children, and children honor their parents, or honor God in the way they honor their parents, the way they obey, the way they respect, the way that they love their parents. It's this, this relationship that goes back and forth. We get to the Ten Commandments, and obviously there's ten of them, that's why we call them the Ten Commandments. The first four, though, are, are, are vertical commandments. Does anybody know the Ten Commandments? Can you tell me the first one? Okay, no other gods before me. All right, what's the next one? Yes, no idols. Yes, the next one. You shall not take the name of the Lord in vain, right? Again, all three vertical. The fourth one, anybody know the fourth one? Yes, keep the Sabbath holy, right? Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And so the first four are all focused on man's relationship with God. But then five through 10... Right, we get into these relationships, these horizontal relationships, right? Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder, right? It's a sin against someone else because you're killing them. You're taking their life. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. These are all horizontal commands. So this is the first one of those. And God establishes it first because of the, the way that it represents that relationship between man and and God. So we find this key truth that we honor God when we honor those he's placed in authority over us. Again, it's the first horizontal commandment. There's also this important structure that we find in it that's um, not the point of what we're talking about tonight, but it's a, a significant point for us to understand, is that every time that this command is given, it's given in the same order, okay? Listen to me and don't get like crazy uh, feminist uh, on me, okay, and like think that I'm, that I'm making something up. God intentionally places an order in this command. 
And it's like this every time in the structure, that you are to honor your father and your mother, okay? It's never honor your mother and your father. It's always honor your father and your mother because God establishes very specific roles, okay? Not a role that's more important than the other role, okay? All right? Equal roles, but specific and unique roles, okay? Again, we're not, we're not getting into this long deal tonight about uh, men's and women's roles in the church or anything like that, but it's important for us to understand, guys, especially, that God has called us to, to be leaders, okay? All right, most of you are not fathers yet, but they, God has called us to lead, okay? And he's designed us uniquely for that purpose. And he's established, not only has he established parents over children to reflect God, he's established husbands and wives with unique roles to reflect God's relationship with the church. You know that, that marriage, and we'll talk about this when we get to dating and, and all of those kinds of relationships, marriage, God designed it not for you and not for me, okay? He didn't design it for us. He designed it to glorify himself. Now, we get to enjoy it, right, if, if done correctly. We get to reap the benefits of marriage, but marriage was designed uniquely to represent God's love for the church, okay? The husband's love for the wife and the wife's love for the husband is designed to reflect the relationship between Christ and his church. And so there, this relationship is established and it's, and it's structured in such a way that it reflects the glory of God to the children. But then we see our responsibility as children to honor our father and mother in a way that reflects God's glory to the parents and to the world around us that's watching. Okay, so I've been super long-winded the last three weeks, and I apologize. So we're going to fly through this and cut it uh, a little shorter tonight so I'm not talking for like 40 minutes. But hey, can I say something to y'all? Props to y'all for sitting here for 40 minutes and listening to me talk because I've tried to listen to me talk for like 10 minutes. It's not easy. I get it. So uh, we'll be shorter tonight, okay? Cool? All right, so what is honor? Okay, what does it mean to honor? We see that word a lot in here. What does it mean to honor? Anybody have a good definition? What does it mean to honor someone or something? It's a tough word. Here's a, uh, to respect, to defer to, or to submit, to have a deep love for Okay, to, to respect someone, to defer to them, okay? What does it mean to defer to someone? All right, basketball fans, let's do this, all right? In, the, in L.A. this year, okay, the Los Angeles Lakers, they added a lot of new players. One of them is LeBron James, heard of him, okay? Another one is a guy by the name of Rajon Rondo. Ian, this is for you because you're the basketball expert in the room. All right, so Rajon Rondo, he has an open shot, LeBron has an open shot. Who should take the open shot? Rondo can't shoot, so he defers to LeBron because LeBron is the better option at scoring, right? Well, LeBron is the, open, uh, LeBron is the much better option than Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo can't shoot, LeBron's the best player in the world, okay? And so Rajon Rondo defers to LeBron. That's it's a, a word essentially that says, because of the respect, the love, the admiration, the appreciation that I have for someone, I will sacrifice of myself for them, okay? So part of that honoring, okay, it's respect, and with respect comes this, this idea of deferring to someone, right? It's this idea of when your mother or your father say something or tell you something or try to impart some wisdom, 
you defer to their wisdom and to their experience and to the fact that they are in authority over you, okay? To submit, I think we know what that means, and to have a deep love for. Here's what I'm getting at. Honoring your parents, if you're taking notes, this is really the kind of the, uh, the key to this idea of honoring. Honoring someone always begins internally, but is always expressed externally. Honor begins internally, but is always expressed externally. So think about it practically with your parents. Let's just get real for a second. How many of you have ever disagreed with your parents? Okay, all right, cool. Parents, how many of you have ever disagreed with your kids? There's some parents in here. All right, cool. How many of you have ever, uh, I don't know, how many of you have ever experienced this where someone tells you they love you or they care about you, but their actions say otherwise? You've experienced that where someone's like, I love you, and then they do something, and you're like, bro, are you sure? Because that doesn't look like love to me, right? You've heard the expression, actions speak louder than words, right? Okay, this is the idea that, that this honor, it begins internally, right? In order to honor your parents, you have to have a love and respect and affection for them internally. But it manifests itself, it expresses externally or outwardly. We can't just walk around saying we love people and care about them, but then do the opposite of that in practice, right? So if mom and dad say, hey, you got to be home at 10 o'clock tonight, and you're like, oh, thanks, mom, I love you, and then you show up like at midnight, and mom's like, hey, she's be home at 10, and you're like, but I wanted to be out till midnight, right? That, that's a very basic, simple example, right? But we say one thing, but we do another, Right? And you guys can think of countless examples of of times where you and your parents don't get along or don't see eye to eye, right? God has established and put those authority figures in our life for us to, to love and to value and to submit to so that we allow them to see Christ in us. And we submit to the authority of our parents just like we submit to the authority of our teachers or submit to the authority of the rulers who may be in place in order to illustrate Christ's love for people in the way that we submit to them, the way that we love them. So I don't know if she did this on purpose or not, but I got tagged in a Facebook post uh, today by a, a mom in this room whose daughter made her lunch today and sent her a sweet note encouraging her and her mom tagged me in a Facebook post. And uh, yeah, it's, it's an example, right? Just a, an outward expression of an inward feeling, right? Ladies, if you're dating a guy, right? And you're like, hey, uh, do you love me? And homeboy's like, of course, baby, I love you so much. You're amazing, right? Remember I gave you that promise ring when we were in like 10th grade? I promise I'm going to marry you one day. Um, or actually, you're probably just going to break up in like six months. Um, but I, if he tells you that, right, I love you, I love you so much, you know, and he says whatever like cheesy Snapchat stuff he sends to you, I don't know what he says, but it's probably super lame, um, but you love it because he loves you. But then he like Snapchats another girl the same thing, or like y'all get in the same room and you don't talk to one another, um, or he, but he's talking to other girls, or uh, all these different, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's these words, right? I love you, I love you, I love you, but 
there's no, there's no tangible action with it, right? Our relationship with our parents is, is similar in that way, right, in that we can, we can say we care about our parents, we can say we, we value them, but if our actions don't line up with that, right, what does that communicate to them, and also what does it communicate to people who are watching, right? Because the way you interact with your parents, right, has a significant impact on what other people think about you, Right? Girls, if you watch how the, the guy that you like treats his mom and treats his sister, right, and he treats them poorly, guess, guess what's probably going to happen? Right? If he doesn't respect his mother and doesn't respect his sister, doesn't respect other females, right, then, right, it's not like he's magically just going to value you if he doesn't value other individuals. Does that make sense? Okay? And so this... This relationship that we have, it, it doesn't just impact us and our parents. It impacts everyone who's watching. Just like friendships, right? If, uh, if Jack and I are friends, right, our friendship doesn't just impact us, right? It impacts who sees us interact with one another, right? If Jack and I are like, hey, we're best friends, all right? Awesome. We, 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 we are best friends. Uh, we, you know, what, do whatever best friends do. Um, I don't know what they do. I don't have a best friend, I guess. Um, uh, like, we don't, we don't, I, don't, I don't know what that looks like, but we do best friend stuff, but then Jack walks up to me and he like starts talking about my mom and then I punch Jack in the face uh, for talking about my mom. Um, and then Jack's like, oh, your sister too. I'm like, oh, all right, I'll, I'll hit you again, right? Right? And, but we, what we claim to be best friends, right? What does that say uh, about our relationship, right? And it's the same way uh, here as we try to honor our parents, okay? So honoring your parents, uh, it looks like respect and deference and submission and a deep love, and it's internally and ex- expressed externally. So why do we honor? We honor our parents because it honors God. The relationship is an earthly example of Christ's lordship over us. Okay, so that's the first reason. We've talked about that throughout the last 10, 15 minutes, that we honor our parents so that in honoring our parents, people see us, right, in the way that we honor our parents, and it honors Christ, right? Our respect for authority honors Christ. You can, you can wear all the centrifuge t-shirts and listen to all the Christian music you want and sing in the band and come to all the D-Nows and Wednesday night and you can post stuff on your Instagram. But if you go to your school and you treat your teacher like garbage, right, you've ruined all that. Right, if you tr- treat your parents like trash but say all this cool stuff about church and Jesus, but people see that you don't honor your parents, right, it negates all the other stuff that you say. And so this relationship with your parents, though it will never be perfect, right, because you're not perfect and your parents aren't perfect, you're both human, consistently honoring your parents will indicate to people that you honor Christ, that you honor Christ's lordship over you because you honor your parents' authority over you. So that's the first reason why. The second reason why is that this is the first commandment that comes with a promise. In verse, verse 12, again, it says, honor your father and mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord God has given to you. This, remember, these Ten Commandments were given to the, to the Israelites as they're wandering through the wilderness, and they've been promised the promised land, right? They're, they are journeying. That's why they're in the wilderness. They are trying to get from Egypt out of captivity to the promised land. And God says, honor your parents so that in doing that, your days will be long. You will have long life and enjoyment in the promised land. God attaches a promise to this command. If you do this, then you will receive this. 
And this promise is attached throughout Scripture when this command is brought up that if you honor your parents, God, God looks favorably upon that. That there are benefits from honoring your father and your mother. You might think of a, a benefit from honoring your parents. You're not looking for a promised land, right? So how, how could it benefit you or anyone else for, by honoring your parents? This is audience participation portion of the show. You don't get in trouble. That's, they trust you. Other people will trust you. Absolutely. You live longer. Your parents do not murder you. Yes. Your mom does not poison the lasagna. Yes. It affects how other people interact with their parents. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, I mean, if Coleman and Alex are hanging out and Coleman treats his parents uh, with the utmost respect and honor and love, and Alex has been, he's, eh, maybe not the best, uh, you know, about respecting mom and dad, but he sees how Coleman and his parents interact, and he sees that relationship, and then suddenly, hmm, you know what, perhaps I can try that, right? Yeah, all of those things are right. right there, there are benefits, right? When, when you are obedient to your parents, right, they begin to trust you more, Right? And then suddenly it affects how other people, to Jack's point, other people are willing to trust you and, uh, and other people uh, begin to maybe interact differently. There, there are a lot of benefits, right? And guess what, guys? Your relationship with your parents, right? It has the potential to last a lot longer than like when you turn 18, right? There, there, are, there are adults in here who are still loving and taking care of their parents while they are ill, right, while they're battling through different things. Guys, there are going to be issues that happen when you are 20 or 30 or 40 where you are going to want to call your parents and say, hey, I, I don't know where else to go. I need you. Guess what? Every time I have a plumbing issue or a woodworking problem or an uh, automotive problem, guess who I call? My dad, every time. And he knows when the phone rings and I'm calling him, it's probably one of those things. Or the other day, I killed a copperhead in the front yard, and I was like, hey, I just want to tell you I killed a snake, uh, you know, a venomous snake in the front yard, right? So it's like snakes, or it's truck problems, or it's, hey, the sink's leaking, uh, you know, uh, I tried this, I tried that, not working. Uh, so it's, it's, it's one of those things, right? And this, this relationship with your parents, right, it has the potential to, to last a very long time and have very a significant impact on you, on them, and on the kingdom. There's going to come a point where the parents that have taken care of you are going to need some taken care of by you. The question is, have you placed yourself in a position to continue that relationship? For you now to turn around and invest in your parents. Okay? So, that's why we honor our parents. Now, here's where things get tricky. How do we honor those who are dishonorable? How do we honor parents that maybe don't believe what we believe, that don't agree with, agree with us on basic things? I'm not talking about like, hey, I think you ought to be home at 10. Well, I think I ought to be home at 11. That's not what I'm talking about. Like, that's just you have to be home at 10. Y'all get that, right? Like, that's just is what it is. That's part of being a parent. Like, Daily Grace, my three-year-old daughter, like, she doesn't eat anything. Like legitimately, 
other than the, the dessert food group and the yogurt food group, she doesn't eat anything voluntarily, like nothing. And so when I say daily grace, you have to eat supper in order to get dessert, like she doesn't just get to say, you know what, actually, I would prefer to just eat chocolate ice cream as opposed to the chicken nuggets that you just gave me. And then maybe like, okay, cool, if you say so, right? That's, that's how that works, right? Parents, parents get to tell you what to do. That's just part of the deal. What I'm talking about here is that, that some of you have parents who aren't believers. They don't believe in Christ, right? They don't believe in God, or maybe they just say, eh, well, maybe I believe in it, but I don't, I don't need it, and you don't need it. Or maybe you coming to church is, is a foreign concept to them, right? This, this happens, right? I'm, I, I have parents all the time. I've had parents come to me, meet with me, and say, hey, quit talking to my kid. They can't come to church here anymore. Like, that, that's happened. I've had parents sit in my office and say, they're not coming here, right? You're trying to brainwash them and all that kind of stuff. This, this, this happens in the Bible Belt in South Alabama in 2018. It happens all the time. Or maybe they are another denomination, right? Maybe, or maybe they're, they're Catholic and they, they don't want you to come here because Catholicism and um, Protestantism, especially Southern Baptist life, are, are, are different, okay? And maybe there's some differences there. Or maybe your parents are living, engaged in a lifestyle of sin. Maybe uh, they, they battle um, alcoholism or uh, perhaps they um, are um, abusive or maybe there's, there's a lot of other things going on between mom and dad or whatever, Okay? That happens for some of us, okay? We don't have the picture-perfect, right, cookie-cutter uh, TV show family. So how do we honor the dishonorable? I'll give you a few things, okay? Give grace. You have to give a lot of grace. Guys, most of you know a truth that a lot of people on this planet don't know. You have the truth of the gospel. You have the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ in you because you have a relationship with Christ. That's the whole premise of this semester. You are a new creation, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Right? You're a new creation. You view things differently than people who are not in Christ. So part of that is you have to give grace. Your parents are going to mess up. Guys, you know how many times I screw up every day as a parent? A lot. There was just a couple weeks ago. We, I don't think we've talked about this since then. But I, I got really short with Smith. I think I'd been really short, snippy with Smith, uh, probably raised my voice a few times with him over a span of a few days. And Smith and I, something happened. I don't even remember what it was about or anything. I, I remember raising my voice, and I just remember Candace saying, you really got to work on that. And I was like, wait, what, woman? What did you just say to me? Are you questioning my parenting abilities, right? But I said she was, she was right, right? She said, you got you to gotta chill out and work on that. Because you're like raising your voice at a six-year-old, probably over something really dumb. But like, we mess up. So you got you to give some grace, okay? You have to understand that, that your parents, even though they're flawed, that they're, they're humans just like you are, they're going to mess up. You have to give forgiveness, which is very similar. I, I've seen so many relationships between parents and, and kids where neither side is willing to forgive. All right? Maybe they say they forgive, but they, they can't move on past it. And what the lack of grace and lack of forgiveness causes is it causes us to separate ourselves from one another. I mean, Candace and I say this all the time when we're counseling uh, parents and kids and whatnot, that the biggest, the biggest problem in relationships is a lack of communication. When, when those lines of communication are severed, there's, there's almost no hope until they're restored. Right? Because if, if 
teenage daughter is mad at mom and dad because she's dating this guy that mom and dad don't want her to date, and they have forbid her to ever date this guy. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not talking to her until she quits dating this guy. And I'm not talking to my mom and dad because they won't let me date uh, so-and-so who I'm madly in love with or whatever. And suddenly they, they, they won't ever talk to one another. And nothing can ever get better because they're mad, she's mad, and it's just mad back and forth. And there's bitterness and resentment that builds up over time. And the more and more it builds up, the, the, the more explosive it can be. So we have to give grace and we have to give forgiveness. You know what? Your parents are going to yell at you some, at some point. They're going to get really mad at you. They're going to handle things poorly. Every parent in this room has handled a situation poorly at some point. And they're going to do it again. And guess what, guys? As much as you don't think this, when you're a parent, you're going to handle things poorly too at times. It's going to happen. So we have to give grace and we have to give forgiveness. And we have to give honor. Think about it this way. Um, in the military, right, there's this, there's this thing that, that military uh, personnel do with one another. They salute one another, right? You familiar with this? Right? The, the lower-ranking uh, 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 soldier will salute, initiate a salute with the person that's in authority over them. Right? So if a lieutenant is walking past a, a major, the lieutenant initiates this salute. Now, what happens if the lieutenant just hates the major? Does he get to be like, no salute for you, major? That doesn't work, right? That doesn't work out. And so this concept in the military is that, that you honor the uniform, essentially, right? You honor the rank or the position, even if you don't like the person. Even if the person has wronged you or hurt you, you honor what that uniform or what that rank represents, so you still initiate the salute, and you still respect or honor that. Guys, your parents aren't perfect. Your grandparents, your aunts and uncles, they're not perfect. But Scripture doesn't say honor your mother and father if you like them a lot or if things are going well or if you like their curfew policy or if they're believers or if they're good people. Every time it says it, honor your father and mother, and though they're not perfect, though sometimes they can be extremely difficult, honoring them, okay, is going to set this precedent in your life where they begin to see things build up. We're going to continue to talk about that. Give an example. Give an example. Okay. You have the opportunity to set an example for your parents. Did you know that? I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old, and I can't tell you how many times the six-year-old and the three-year-old have said things, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> well, six-year-old's a genius. I remember riding to vacation Bible school this summer, and I can't remember the exact wording, but basically, um, Daily Grace said something about, um, it's, Smith and I were talking about making a choice about something, and Daily Grace said, uh, uh, Bubba, Jesus just want you to be happy. And, and I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. But then Smith comes off the top rope and is like, well, actually, Daily Grace, Jesus wants you to do anything that honors him. He doesn't, he doesn't want you to just be happy. He wants you to honor him. And I'm like, bro, all right. Somebody have been paying attention in VBS. Okay, all right. I could take no credit for that. It was all whoever is, like, uh, whoever his Sunday school teacher is, like Max's grandma, I think. Um, and, and so, uh, seriously, Miss Sandra was a, uh, was a Sunday school, and Miss Nancy Sunday school teachers, but like you have the ability to give an example, right? Each and every one of you 
no matter whether you're in seventh grade or no matter whether you're a senior in high school. Right? I had an eighth grader lead me to Christ when I was in sixth grade. When I was in 10th grade, I led my dad to Christ. And then my dad turned around and led my little brother to Christ. And then my dad turns around and leads my grandparents and aunt and uncle to Christ. Right? An 8th grader invested in a 6th grader. And then a 10th grader invested in his dad. And his da- the dad invested in, in his son and in his, in his parents who were in their 70s at the time. Coleman and Anthony and Kayla gave an incredible example to their parents and to their family Sunday morning by standing in front of hundreds of people and saying, everything that I have, I surrender to Jesus. And I'm burying the old and the new has been raised up. You have the ability to give an example. And finally, I would say give thanks is the last one. Guys, your parents aren't gonna be perfect ever and you're not gonna be a perfect parent. But are you thankful for who God has placed in your life? Despite their imperfections. Hey guys, look at me. I know I've, Stuart's in the back of the room. We've, we've pretty much seen it all when it comes to family and home life situation. We've dealt with a lot of stuff. There's a lot of crazy home situations out there. And I know, look at me, look at me up here. I know that there are a lot of you who go through stuff at home that nobody else in this room knows about. And you, you bring baggage and junk into this room that you wouldn't be embarrassed if other people knew about it. I understand that. And I know it's hard to give thanks for that. But God has given you the people that he's given you, the circumstances that he's given you, for a very particular reason. And perhaps as a 14-year-old or an 18-year-old, God has put you in that situation and surrounded you with the people in this room so that you can be an incredible light in the midst of darkness. Imagine a mom and dad who are fighting and are at odds, but they have this this incredible example of a 15-year-old who's being Jesus in that house each and every day. Is it gonna be easy? No. Is it what we want as as a kid growing up? No. But what an opportunity. And what an opportunity the rest of you have to wrap your arms around that person who's struggling at home and saying, I love you, I'm here for you, I wanna encourage you, I wanna do everything I can to lift you up. Because our calling to honor our parents, our mother and father, ultimately, again, is a representation of how we honor Christ. So by loving them and encouraging them, obeying them, It sets sets this great example for them and this great example for the rest of the world of what it looks like to love and to honor Christ. I'm gonna pray for us and then I think the band has one more song, okay? Let's pray. Father, God, we thank you, God, for the people in our lives. God, I have to be honest and say that, God, I have been blessed with incredible parents. There's no one I value on this earth or respect more on this earth than my father. God, I know my mom right now is in adult choir practice at her church. And last night and tomorrow night, she'll be on a pastor search committee to bring a new pastor to their church. To their church. I know she prays for me and my family every day. 
Uh, she taught me about who Jesus was from the very beginning of my life and still invests in me today as a 34-year-old. I know some of us have similar situations, God, but some of us don't. God, some of us have parents who don't believe what we believe. They don't honor you, and so it makes it difficult for us to honor them. God, but I pray that you would give us the strength and the vision, God, as we just sang about, God, to make wise choices in how we love and obey and honor them so that the investment that we make in them, God, would have eternal repercussions for them, God, that they would come to know you because of our faithfulness to you and our love for them. God, but also other people who watch us, God, would see how much we love and honor them, and they would be pointed to Christ as well. God, we ask all these things in your name. Amen.